Bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Barnes y presidente de esta mejor cerveza. No abate por No Filter Network. Miguelito Sandiaguito, a.k.a. Bobby Ball, a.k.a. Bobby Barrels, as he's known in Savannah. Not with us today, but dead or alive, job or no job, we properly salute our boy. Yes, 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 yes. Woo! Remember this, folks, when we are juiceful, we are useful, and when we are juiceless, we are fucking useless. That's right. A, a very pleasant good morning to each and every one of you. Today is Thursday, September the 21st, and... Of course, we are brought to you by 818 Tequila. We've got to remind our man, Dean, we're running a little low here. I thought I was going to polish this off on Deuces Wild the other night, but I definitely could use a fresh box. We are also brought to you by KT Tape. That's right. we got the skin prep wipes right here. The Pro Oxygen Tape, this is the good shit. And don't forget about the blister prevention for all of our ultra runners, anyone looking to go on a long hike, journey, whatever. And never forget about your package. Chafe, safe, got to use it, got to have it, got to keep it clean, got to keep it tight, got to keep it neat. I am going to fire on some of the KT tape right after this. I went on a little hike this morning on the treadmill. I mean, literally, that's all I can really do right now. My quads are barking, man. I posted the video of the downhill running down the ski slope. And it was awesome. Like, such a cool thing. And it's just you put your... Body point downhill and just go. And essentially you're catching yourself with your feet as you're charging down the hill. Well, of course, I woke up. I did this two days ago. I woke up yesterday. I'm like, ugh. And then today, it's that delayed onset soreness. So my quads are just, oh. Anyhow. Uh, uh, quote of the day, your attitude towards failure determines your altitude after it. John C. Maxwell, the daily hustle. What the fuck fact of the day, the odds of getting a Royal flush are exactly one in 649,740. I would have never guessed that. I wanted a few thousand for sure, but 649,000. Jeez, Louise. Uh, joke of the day. What did the yoga instructor say when her landlord tried to evict her? Namaste. That's funny. All right. Let's get into the life optimization. We'll go over a little football and get into the 
baseball scores and highlights from last night. Take a look at the playoff picture as it is getting down to the nitty gritty. But we always start with something from a health perspective here. We're a life optimization podcast. And today I found this article in the Washington Post. And it basically says, take care of your teeth and gums. Oral health can affect your brain. I've known this for a long time. It's not only your brain, it's your heart. There's a direct correlation I know between the oral health and what's going on with your cardiovascular system. But it's now even expanded and they're talking about the potential effects on the brain. It says poor oral hygiene is associated with an increased risk for myriad health problems, including heart disease, diabetes, cancer, arthritis, and early death. The state of our teeth and gums, though, may be vital for our well-being beyond the mouth and body. So this is taking that, ma'am, that breath smells like death. You know what I'm talking about, too, don't you? You ever, I mean, like, there's nothing worse than a, a bad case of halitosis. Ugh. I'm obsessed. That's one of the things I'm obsessed with. And you know what's funny? I became obsessed with it when I chewed Copenhagen. Because I was always one of those guys. It's like, if I go out and drink, then I'm pounding waters, too. I'm always playing for the tie. Well, I would chew Copenhagen, and in chewing Copenhagen, I then would floss my teeth and brush my teeth every time I took a dip out. And so several times through the course of the day, I was brushing my teeth, like way more. Normally, people would get up in the morning, brush their teeth, go to bed at night, brush them again. So usually, I would say a normal person twice a day, right? There's a few maybe that would do it after lunch. But I was brushing my teeth like six, seven times a day. And now I would say it's probably more in that three, four range, but it de- it is, is definitely an obsession of mine. And obviously for good reason, it says emerging evidence suggests that what goes on in our mouth can affect what goes on in our brain and may even potentially affect our risk for dementia. People should really be aware that oral health is really important. Uh, severe, Periodontal disease, chronic inflammation of and damage to the gums and bone that support the teeth affects about 19% of people older than 15 or more than 1 billion people worldwide. According to a 2022 World Health Organization report, more research is needed, but recent observational studies have suggested that oral health may be a modifiable risk factor for Alzheimer's, the most common type of dementia. Jeez. Okay. So it says connecting dental and mental health. One of the first studies to document the link between gum disease, tooth loss, and Alzheimer's disease focused on a cohort of aging nuns. What a great place to start. Who were part of a larger study on aging. Researchers tracked 144 of the nuns and found that severe tooth loss was associated with dementia, risk up to 6.4 times higher 
than compared with those who lost fewer teeth. Huh. Uh, It says mouth bacteria may infect the brain. Research has found that bacteria that normally resides in our mouth may also infect the brain and potentially contribute to Alzheimer's disease. Uh, Mouth inflammation can affect the brain as well if we do not brush our teeth for several days. Look, do me a favor. Look up. And I've made my kids do this when they were younger. I would make them look up pictures of people that didn't brush their teeth for like a month. It's so gross. And it's really, really bad. All right. So it says if we do not brush our teeth for several days, each tooth develops a thin biofilm (laughs) called dental plaque that tems with acid-producing bacteria. Your body doesn't like these bacteria. They're on the edge of your teeth and on the edge of your gum. With plaque buildup comes inflammation of the gums as our immune system tries to fight off infection. Gingivitis, the mildest form of periodontal disease, is still reversible. Brushing and removing the plaque buildup will allow the gums to heal. But more severe gum disease or periodontis can follow if the gingivitis is not addressed. The whole body is fighting against bacteria. The immune system is really provoked and alert and working really hard against these bacteria. So anyway, bottom line is brush your fucking teeth. Uh, it's, it's, it's not that hard. I'm going to send this article to my kids. I guess when you're a kid, what happens is you just sort of loose sight, I guess, of like the little things. Does that make sense? The little things seem to get ignored and you're just focused on the big things. And so anyhow, I, it's a constant reminder, at least with biscuit dude, brush your teeth. All right. Uh, we got big news here and no filter network was on the forefront of this breaking news. And that was Jason Kelsey saying that rumors of Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift are absolutely true. So good for Travis Kelsey. There's an article in USA Today that says it's a love story. Baby, just say yes. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. The couple we need. And isn't that the fucking truth, ma'am? Yes. That's exactly it. For years of not giving two shits about these romantic relationships between reality stars and some other C-list celebrities. Like, I just, I didn't care. Completely have not given a fuck about any of this for a long time. Now, when I was younger, I was a bit obsessed with reading People magazine. And I enjoyed a lot of the gossip and these other things. And I don't know, maybe it's because I was closer to their age. As a 47-year-old man now, I guess it would make little sense for me to be obsessed over any sort of teeny bopper uh relationship but this here folks this is fucking different 
This is the number one star in the world. I've got to believe with Taylor Swift. And what makes this so incredible is that this isn't Patrick Mahomes. This isn't Aaron Rodgers. This isn't a star quarterback. This isn't Tom Brady and Giselle. This is a fucking tight end. Travis Kelsey is a superstar. I could have told you that when I told him that when I was in his ear after his rookie year, maybe it was a second year. We were hanging at the Super Bowl in Arizona. And I was telling him, I'm like, dude, Gronk don't got shit on you, man. You absolutely killed it for me in fantasy this year. And I was just messing with them and whatever. Well, I had a good time. We were hanging out with the bullet at a club. And dude, the bottles were flowing, the champagne. I mean, everything, dude, everything. And this guy just had this awesome vibe about him. And not only that, it, the dude can dance, the rhythm, go and watch all the videos from the Super Bowl parades or whatever else. He's just, he's a cool guy. And to see a chick that is that much of an international superstar and to think of all the, I don't know, actors, models, billionaires that she could have. I mean, she could have whatever the fuck she wants. She ends up with a tight end from Kansas City, Missouri. Isn't fucking America great? It really is. That's just, that's a love story that we all need. That's exactly what it is. USA Today drilled it because I'm rooting for this one. This is a victory for the average guy? Is that a good way to say it? Because as much as I like to think that a Tom Brady is average, I mean, I grew up playing against a guy, too. It's just, he's he's not, man. Like, he's got, what, nine Super Bowls, seven Super Bowl rings, whatever it is, all the success in the world, the supermodel good looks. And of course, he married the supermodel and, well, not divorced, but whatever. So that it's just, it's just kind of fit, right? The Kelsey one, and he is obviously a, a very handsome dude and, and super smooth. Mm. But he just seems like a dude. And so when you have a dude with this sort of, Score. <laughs> That's a round of applause for our guy, Travis Kelsey, please. Thank you. Uh, by the way, we're live and interactive on No Filter Network. Uh, we typically will do this 8.30 to 9 a.m. is when we start. I'd love to give you guys a hard start time and say it's going to be the same every day. It's just not. Uh, it depends on schedule. depends on how many miles I'm running. And then afterwards... Immediately, this gets uploaded to 17 different podcast platforms now, including Apple, Spotify. If you guys do me a favor and leave a review on it, if we're worthy of the five stars, that'd be cool. If not, I don't care. But reviews, feedbacks, everything help with all of it. But if you do want to come join live, if you want to fire away in the chat, 
Uh, we'd love to have you when we do this live. We even have a knock button if you want to come on the stream. Don't do a lot of that usually in the mornings just because we have a pretty hard stop. At, I think it's 46 minutes was uh, my instructions. So we will uh, do what we can to get there. Uh, by the way, football tonight, we have the Giants at the 49ers. Thursday night football. Uh, Niners are 10 and a half point favorites. The OU in this game is 44. I will officially go on record as saying I love the 49ers and I love the over. You had the New York football giants start the season by losing 40 to nothing. And then they found themselves down 20 to nothing to Arizona last week. And they had a miraculous comeback, but I don't know if they went back to New York or that they just went to San Francisco. It'd probably make a lot more sense if they just went to San Francisco and went and practiced out on the West Coast somewhere. I could look into that. But either way, it's either a long week and then being away from family and everything else. Or if they did go back to New York, it's a you know, five hour flight back there, another six hours coming back the other way. Uh, it's a lot and in a super short week. So I doubt it. I'm sure they probably did uh, stay out, but that said, the offense started clicking. So you got to think they're going to be able to put up some points. And I think the Niners might score 44 on their own. That's a potent fucking offense. That is going to be tough to stop. So, as we head into week three now of the NFL season, figured it would be a very good time to go over the NFL power rankings. The 0-2 Chargers, <laughs> uh, a better turn it around. I mean, there's a little article about that, talking about what the Chargers have gone through. Los Angeles Chargers head coach Brandon Staley doesn't buy that last season's horrific playoff collapse. <laughs> so the Jacksonville Jaguars carried over to this season, and maybe he's right. Whether or not that loss still matters is bad for him and the Chargers that they followed up the historic loss by blowing a couple late fourth quarter leads to start the season. After the Chargers loss on Sunday against the Titans, Staley said the postseason defeat to the Jaguars hasn't lingered. I Dude, I got to agree with that. I mean, we see that on the surface, but these guys are so immersed in the moment of What's going on? I'm sure there's several new players from uh, the Chargers team that were not even there for that Jacksonville loss last year. Every year is a different makeup of dudes. Do they remember it? Yeah, they remember it. But we kept having that pinned on us with the Oakland A's. Or, oh, you can't get it. Well, I get it. Say what you want. But each one of those things where we didn't get out of the first round of the playoffs – they were all unique and they were all doing their own thing. And it, it was it unfortunate. Yeah, it sucked, man. Especially when I thought we had a team that could have won the world series, but was one affecting the next. I don't think so. I, I really don't. Um, here it says the charger. Oh, and two, and it could get worse in a hurry. Next up is a road game against the Minnesota Vikings. And that's definitely not a gimme. The chargers should beat the Las Vegas Raiders at home. 
Yeah, but I mean, look, not so fast. And then after that, they face the Cowboys and they play at the Kansas City Chiefs. It's reasonable to believe the Chargers could be one in five if they don't quickly turn things around. Look, this is a team that's been in every game. Like, they're not going to get blown out. They're a good team. I I just caution. I mean, the NFL, there's so much parity that any team could beat any team on any given day. Like, you know, the biggest spread this weekend, I'm going to assume, is a 10-point spread. But you know how often 10-point underdogs win? Like, it does happen. So it's not out of the realm even to think that the New York football giants could go ahead and beat San Francisco tonight. It's unlikely. I think if we looked at percentages, it'd probably be maybe 10% of the time where San Francisco would give them 90% of the time. But I, I'd be a little cautious to start writing off teams just because they're O and two uh, week 18 last season. They just keep going on the chargers. Staley inexplicably played his starters, even though the Chargers' playoff seed was set and they had to play on the wildcard weekend. Multiple starters got banged up, and receiver Mike Williams suffered a back injury that kept him out of the wildcard game. I do believe in playing your starters uh, before, say, the playoffs. You want to keep them fresh. But you're playing for one fucking quarter, and that's it. Or even a series. But you want to get them in there just... It's like getting the at-bats in baseball. If you're not getting the at-bats, you're not fresh. It's just... So, I'm a big proponent of, hey, have them see some action, just not a ton of action. Well, that ended up backfiring against Daly and the Chargers. Uh, The wildcard weekend against the Jags. This is one of those I remember exactly where I was. Like the pepper mill. In Reno, the Chargers led 27 to nothing and lost. Like, is that like I have to repeat that? The Chargers last season in Jacksonville in the wild card game were up 27 to fucking nothing and lost. Ugh. Before that game, only four times in the NFL regular season or playoff history had a team blown a 27. Point or more lead. The Chargers were just a second team to have a 27-point lead and lose in regulation. Then week one against Miami, the Chargers took a 34-30 lead with less than four minutes to play. So they played Miami tight. Miami's fucking good, too. They allowed a game-winning drive to Tua and the Dolphins' offense. Staley, who was a defensive coordinator in his previous job, oversaw a defense that allowed Tua to pass for 466 yards. That's a lot. And then week two, the Chargers led most of the game, including an 11-0 lead early on. They led 21-17 in the fourth quarter, but they gave up the lead, tied it at the end of regulation. Couldn't do anything with the first possession of overtime and then allowed a field goal to end the game. It makes me think, and this is, because obviously you want the ball in overtime, right? You flip, you get the ball, you score a touchdown, it's over. I do think there's a distinct advantage. If you get a stop, 
of the other team in that first possession. And all you got to do is come down and kick a field goal now. That's huge. That's not a bad spot to be in. I'm not, I'd still take the ball, but I don't think it's as lopsided. I'd love to see the statistics of teams that get the ball first in overtime. What percentage of the time are they winning? Steven Luker. I'm going to go ahead and put him on that. Okay. Look at this. It says the Chargers are the 33rd team in Super Bowl era since 1966 with 50 plus points and zero turnovers through two games. Wow. They're the only team, the only team out of the 33 to be 0 and 2. Oh, that's crazy. All right. Enough of the Chargers. Let's go through the power rankings. We're going to go 32 to 1. 32. Chicago Bears. If you go by the eye test, the Bears look like the NFL's worst team. They're doing nothing above average. Justin Fields looks worse as a passer this season. The defense is awful again, probably because the Bears decide to invest their free agency into off-ball, off-ball linebackers for some reason. Brandon Staley's seat might be the hottest, but the Bears coach is right there with him. Matt Eberflus. 31, the Cardinals. The Cardinals are better than I figured they led the Commanders and the Giants in the first two weeks of the season. Let me go back here. Uh, but they end up blowing both games. I mean, in, in really just kind of awful fashion. That one against the Giants last week, no bueno. Houston's at 30. They're 0-2. Nico Collins. Might be having a much-anticipated breakout. He has 226 yards through two games. He has never broken 500 yards in a season before. Collins has good chemistry with C.J. Stroud, and his emergence is a positive for the Texans. Number 29, Carolina. 0-2. I don't think Bryce Young is a problem for the Panthers. He isn't playing great as a rookie, but it seems clear that the talent around him just simply is not good enough. You got the Broncos. Toronto and two. They led 21 to three at home and couldn't finish. After three touchdowns on three drives, the Broncos had four first downs in the next six drives. Those drives included a punt, a fumble, a punt, an interception, a field goal, a punt. For a brief moment, it looked like Russell Wilson was back. And then the rest of the game happened. 27, Indianapolis Colts, one and one. I mean, that's a. Hey, that's kind of crazy because there's only there, – that's not too many 0-2 teams. Five? And now we're to the 1-1 one one to Indianapolis Colts. Anthony Richardson was the first Colt with two rushing touchdowns in the first quarter of a game since Edron James. Remember Edron James? University of Miami, the gold teeth and all. In 1999. 26, the Las Vegas Raiders. Josh Jacobs has 46 yards on 28 carries. That's because the Buffalo Bills just fucking stymied him. I, he didn't have a chance last week. That's an astounding slow start for last year's rushing champ. Yes, it is. 25, the Rams. And that's awfully low. The Sean McVay, Cam Akers, on again, off again relationship is wild. This is the second straight season. Akers has been buried with trade rumors flying. Last season, Akers reemerged to becoming a difference-making back down the stretch. 
This seems unlikely this season, but who knows? Uh, I do know this. Puka Nakua is a fucking savage. Picked him up off the waiver wire after the, what was it, 20 targets in week one? Maybe 15 at least. And then last week, it was, I think it got up to like 25 targets. You can't make this shit up. And it's going to make you think a little bit. And this was brought up to me last night by Chipper Matoyan. What does this mean about Cooper Cup? Is he as good as we all think he is? Or is he a system receiver? I think a little bit of both. Because if you looked at, say, Wes Welker and then Julian Edelman, like those guys are system receivers, no matter what. But you still have to be very efficient with your routes and you have to catch the fucking football. So whether it's Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, or Wes Welker and Julian Edelman back in the day, yeah, the job's a great one if you can get it. And the rewards and the catches are plentiful. But you still have to do your job. So I, are they products of the system? To an extent. But I don't think that's everything. Bottom line is Puka's killing it for the silver belt bucklers. So thank you. 23 Minnesota Vikings. So the Vikings, they have a 23 and 0 and 2. Okay. Well, they have the Patriots. Okay. So they're not just going off the record. I mean, obviously not. I was going to say there had to be more 0 and 2 teams than that. The Vikings last season were 11 and 0 in one score games, which was an NFL record. This season, they're 0 and 2. Law of averages. 22, the Jets. Last week, you could find a lot of the Jets are going to be good even without Aaron Rodgers' optimism. Then Sunday happened. It's a repeat of last season where we spend all season wondering how good the Jets could have been with an average with average quarterback play. Yeah, it sucks, the whole Rodgers thing. It really does. Los Angeles Chargers 0-2 are listed at 21. The defensive issues, the Chargers have are troubling. Brandon Staley was supposed to be a defensive guru. That's how he was billed when he came over from the Rams. His defense is struggling like it has, and it's not a good look, to say the least. I mean, look, a lot of this shit's personnel, so I don't know about his system. I don't know what he's running. But if you don't have the guys, you don't have the fucking guys. 20, New England Patriots. Rookie cornerback Christian Gonzalez was great value. The 17th pick of the draft, and he's paying off. Gonzalez really played well against the Dolphins, speedy receivers on a Sunday, and had a fantastic interception. He's getting praise from Bill Belichick. The Patriots are beat up at cornerback, but Gonzalez's fine start helps. 19, Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill went from looking bad in week one to completing 20-24 passes in overtime with a win on Sunday. It's another negative on the Chargers and Brandon. Say This guy just keeps wanting to bring it back to the Chargers. I mean, geez. 18, Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks have played two bad defenses, but Baker Mayfield has been very good. Good for Baker. Completed 69.1% of his passes for 490 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. They're 2-0. Washington Commanders are 2-0. 
saying Sam Howell has a long way to go to quarterback. For starters, he holds the ball way too long. But he also has an innate playmaking ability. And that's why they're 2-0. Falcons are sitting there 2-0. Pittsburgh Steelers are 1-1. Why are they ranked so high? They're at 15. Alex Highsmith was great on Monday. He had a pick six early in a strip sack that led to the game-winning touchdown late in the fourth quarter. Highsmith is overshadowed by T.J. Watt on Pittsburgh's defense. Well, he's a heck of a player. Yeah, Pittsburgh looks okay. The Niners beat the fuck out of them. And then they beat the Browns. 15, it's kind of high. Number 14, Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Saying that he played well, made some nice throws on Sunday, but part of his development will be making winning plays in the fourth quarter, whether that's with the Packers trailing or leading on Sunday. Green Bay led 24 to 12. It won't have taken much to get over the finish line, but Love and the offense didn't put the game away. It's not the end of the world, especially without Aaron and Jones, Christian Watson, or David Pocatari. But Love has got to be better the next time. 13, you got the Seattle Sea Chickens. Geno Smith. Uh, I mean, dude, what a resurgence for this guy. Took over the starting quarterback job last year after Russell Wilson left. And he's been pretty fucking good. So they're sitting at 13. You got the Bengals at number 12. 0-2, number 12. Of all things we saw in week two, the inability of the Bengals to get much offense going again might have been the most surprising scene. Joe Burrow limping at the end of the game wasn't a good sign either. The Bengals are very talented, and they have started slow before, but this seems dire. Jacksonville Jaguars at number 11. It was tough to see Trevor Lawrence miss as many throws as he did on Sunday. He's come a long way, but those bad games are still not completely out of his system yet. 10, the Browns? Seriously? The Browns need much more out of Deshaun Watson. He's been dog shit. It didn't matter as much before Monday night, but then Nick Chubb suffered the awful season any injury. And I'm not, look, I don't, no desire to, to see that, by the way. And so I, my all my boys that keep sending me that shit, I'm not, no, no, thank you. I appreciate you thinking of me, but you know, I'm getting this from different camera angles and all this other stuff. And I, I not opening those text messages. Uh, from what we've seen through Watts' first eight games with Cleveland, it's not a good thing. Hmm, I agree. Nine or the Saints are 2-0. and oh. The Saints have some explosive players. They're going to have to figure out why they're not turning yards into more points, though. For the second straight week, felt like they should have scored way more, but gladly they'll take the 2-0 start. The Lions at number eight. Sunday's loss wasn't a great one for the Lions. No. I mean, it happened at home against the Seattle Seahawks. What's more troubling is the injury report. David Montgomery could miss multiple weeks with a thigh injury. Amon Ra, St. Brown, suffered what appeared to be a toe injury that could linger left tackle. Taylor Decker missed Sunday's game with an ankle injury. Uh, number seven, Baltimore Ravens beating the Texans at home was expected, but to go on the road without four starters and knock off the Bengals in pretty easy fashion was impressive i do like john harbaugh's group a lot it's no surprise that the ravens are competitive again they're always under john harbaugh maybe there's a deep playoff run coming and if there is the 
Who's got it better than us? Nobody will live on. He's got all the Baltimore Ravens saying that now. Uh, Miami Dolphins are number six. Tua is the new betting favorite for NL MVP. NL. NFL MVP. That spot means very little after just two weeks, but Tua deserves it. He's played very well since the start of last season. It seems people are finally coming around on him to be an elite player. I think he's always been an elite player. It was just the injuries. I'm worried about his fucking head. And I'm still worried about it. Even when he has these monster games, actually all those concussions. You'd like to see this guy, you know, live some kind of quality life after he's done playing football. But the way it was going with the concussions, I'm telling you, I, after the, I don't know, whatever it was, they kept getting him in the same season. I'm like, dude, I'd, I'd retire. I really would. Like, if, if you want to live a normal rest of your life, it just didn't seem worth it to me. Number five, Buffalo Bills. The Bills might have found something out with James Cook on Sunday. He had 123 yards and 17 carries. Can he be a true number one back and much needed offensive weapon around Josh Allen? I think he can. It looked like it against the Raiders. Yes, it did. Four Kansas City Chiefs. Defense hasn't gotten a ton of attention yet, but it will if it continues to play well. And Kansas City is allowed 23 points. If we remove a pick six, the Lions got week one through two games, and it's not like Detroit and Jacksonville are bad offenses. If the Chiefs are good on defense this season, that's a big development. It could put them over the top. I mean, over the top, defending champs. Dallas Cowboys at number three. Putting up 382 yards and 30 points on the Jets' defense is impressive. I get it, but fuck. I mean, I know the Jets' defense is good. Was it overhyped, though? Maybe the Bills just played shitty. Josh Allen didn't play well. They were out of sync. They're just getting warmed up, getting their feet wet. The Cowboys, with their plus 60-point differential, have looked better on have looked better on both sides of the ball than anyone could have expected through two weeks. Number two, Philadelphia Eagles. A.J. Brown's sideline disagreement got some attention, and it is strange how he has just 108 yards in two games. That will likely turn around very soon. The Eagles passing offense with a new coordinator isn't off to a great start, and Brown's production is the easiest way to spot that. If it continues for another week or two, then we'll have something to worry about. I remember talking with a former NFL quarterback, and he was saying that by far and away, the biggest egos in all the sports are the fucking wide receivers. And if you think about it, it's the whole Keyshawn Johnson Give me the damn ball. They do not control when they get the ball. So being these crazy offensive weapons that can change a game like that, and they are incredibly valuable, but they don't control when they get the ball. Quarterback, obviously, he's controlling the football. He's taking a snap. The running back, specific plays for them. The wide receivers don't have that. So when you have these egomaniacs that are not getting thrown the fucking football, they're like, man, you taking the bread off my table, 
right? That's bullshit. So they get their panties in a bunch in a hurry. And, well, the star ones are really vocal about it. What we don't see is a lot of times the star wide receiver is getting double covered. So even though he may not be getting the ball, just his presence on the field is gigantic. But there's no glory in that. Even if you could say, well, I'll double cover. No, these guys want the fucking football. So as a quarterback, it's got to be tough trying to keep everybody happy. Takes us to the number one team in the NFL right here, right now. Playing tonight against the New York football giants is your number one ranked San Francisco 40 fucking Niners. Boom. Debo Samuel, 63 yards receiving, 38 rushing, and looked like an all-around threat that made him an all-pro in 2021 last week. As we know with the Niners, the only player that is guaranteed touches in production each week will be Christian McCaffrey. My dude. And yes, he is on my fantasy team. Chalk him up for 20. It's clockwork. The rest will rotate. In week one, it was Brandon Ayuk. Week two is Debo Samuel. George Kittle's big game is coming soon. And folks, this is not a bad thing. All right, we're getting towards the end here. Let's rip through the Major League Baseball scores. And if you did not see the play last night that Nick Castellanos made. Go back and watch it now and make sure you have the volume turned up because John Cruck made one of the most brilliant, natural, instinctive calls that I've ever heard out of a broadcaster. And basically, it was a ball that was hit down the right field line. And it was relatively shallow, but it was a tough play, and he's coming in. There was a Braves runner at third base. If Castellanos catches a ball in foul territory, and the Braves runner scores, the game's over. Now, if Castellanos comes and lets the ball drop, okay, you still only have one out, but we're still playing. Castellanos... Even with Kruk's objection, because Kruk is like, let it fall, let it fall. Well, he catches a ball, then pivots, turns around, and throws a fucking dart to home plate to get the out. They go into extra innings. Phillies win. It was the no-filter network call of the day. Go to my Instagram right now, at eburns22. Go to nofilter.net's Instagram account, nofilter network's Instagram account. Check it out. It's really cool. John Crock is a national fucking treasure. He is a living legend. And I would welcome him as a matter of fact, dude, Crocky, come on here. Uh, come on to the Daily Hustle. Come on, Deuces Wild. We need more of you on here. That was so cool. And you're an inspiration. So. Thank you for that. 6-5 Phillies. Twins win 5-3. They come back 
against the Reds. And if you want to figure out how and why the Reds are not going to do anything in the postseason, just watch last night. You have a 3-1 lead going to the fucking ninth and you can't close it out. Look, it's not it's just not going to fly. They're they're an up and coming team. They have great young players. I'm super excited about them. Bullpen's terrible. If you can't hold a lead like that and you look, the other element of this is you had Hunter Green on the mound striking out 14 people. 14 fucking guys he struck out. Yet you can't go out there and close it out. Uh uh-uh. uh, shame on you. That's just not a playoff team. Tough, tough loss for the Reds. Another tough loss was Carlos Correa. Uh, now it looks like he's probably done for the season. Minnesota Twins, he's dealing with some kind of plantar fasciitis or heel thing. I don't know. Uh, Nationals 13 3 over the White Sox. The Rangers, a big 15 5 victory over Boston. Houston 2 1 over Baltimore. So they finally get the best of the O's. Kansas City 6 2. Over Cleveland, Oakland goes down to Seattle. I mean, things just keep getting worse there. 21-year-old Estes made his debut for the Oakland Athletics. Seattle getting the sweep. Arizona, 7-1 dominant win over the San Francisco Giants. Look, there's no other way to put this. I've watched the past two games. Arizona is a better baseball team. That's all you need to know. I feel like we've probably been a little hard on the Giants as of late, but you're a 500 team. That's exactly what they are, and they're fucking sitting at it right now. They're 76 and 76. Arizona is 81 and 72. This is a playoff team. Look out. And Corbin Carroll is a real fucking deal. And by the way, Corbin, congratulations. Welcome to the 2050 Club. I'm going to have to get you one of these member-only jackets. This one specifically was from Family Feud. But it's a huge accomplishment. I know because I have been there before. As a matter of fact, you know what? Fuck it. Corbin, you decide which one you want, buddy. I only had 21 homers with the 50 bags. You got 25. So you take the choice. I'll send this thing out along with the... No filter network lid, and we'll be the only two members of the Arizona Diamondbacks 2050 club. But welcome. Um, on that note, yeah, I'll deal with it later. All right. San Diego 3-2 over Colorado. The Angels 8-3 over Tampa. The New York Mets 8-3 over Miami. Toronto, 6-1 over the Yankees. The Yankees are now back to 500. Keep an eye on that winning season streak that started in 1992, which is in jeopardy. The Pirates, 13-7 over the Cubbies. The Brewers, 8-2 over the Cardinals. And Detroit, 4-2 over the Los Angeles Dodgers. I watched that one last night, too. James Outman, the kid that used to call Bernsey when... He was a kid growing up in San Carlos, a sick Superman diving catch. Go ahead and check that one out, too. All right, of all the shows, I was one of them. Back at you with Daily Hustle tomorrow. Don't forget to please leave a review on the podcast. 
Hit the five stars if you're feeling generous and just, I don't know, write a little something. Send the love. And any recommendations, anything you guys else you guys like to see or talk about or whatever, I'm always open for suggestions. That's it. See?